course. I'm not just saying this because you dudes are here. Dude, y'all have a great podcast here. This thing's going to take, it's going to continue to take off. Hi, this is Sean Clench, the host of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast. And I want to thank you for being a loyal listener and a loyal viewer of each of our episodes. And be sure to follow us on each of our social media platforms, that being our Facebook page, Twitter handle, and on Instagram. And a huge shout out. As we continue to grow, we are gaining sponsors and partners, beginning with Jim Saxton State Farm Insurance Agency in Austin and Cosmic Coffee and Beer Garden on the south side of Austin. As for the partners, our community now, be sure to follow their platforms on Facebook and our latest and newest partner, that being Farmhouse Delivery in Austin, Texas. As for the next episode, let's ride. Wake your ass up or take a damn nap. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. It's time. I mean, Sean, you were twerking. That's going to happen. <laughs> Murph, don't be a dick all your life. This is uh, one, of, one of the more fun podcasts I've ever done. Hey, I'll tell you what. If you're not talking about sports in the man cave, you... No, I bet not. So you're not a man. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Hey y'all, Kevin Hutchison here with Realty Austin, and I am grateful to be a part of Stories Inside the Man Cave, a homegrown podcast just like my own business. Hey, center field, long run for a couple of outfielders with a dot. The first major league hit for Mark Payton. Diving grab from Mark Payton. Love it. This is one of my favorite guys who to have ever worn the Texas Longhorn uniform, Mark Payton, all the way from Chicago, Illinois, waiting patiently to get a call. Hopefully a call that says collective bargaining agreement has been agreed upon in baseball. Mark, man, welcome to Stories wow. Inside the Man Cave. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This is going to be a blast. It will be, man. This is long overdue. Um your time at Texas, I, I have to ask this, that uh, when you arrived on the 40 acres, Augie Greedo was here, the legend that everybody loves, and, and he's quotable constantly. He's still, he will forever. For long after we're gone, Augie Greedo will be quoted and remembered. But when you remember your time at the dish, as you can kind of see behind us, what sticks out about that, that, that you carry with you to this date? the memory, so to speak, that has helped you not only in your career, but in life? I mean, man, the, the first off, getting a chance to go there. I think every kid would lie to you if they said that wasn't their dream school. <laughs> right. From the time, you know, they're always on TV, watching football games on Saturdays. Because, you know, even in Chicago, growing up in Chicago, they were on every single Saturday on TV. You see them play. They always had ESPN games as a little kid on the you know, they had that old school carpet looking turf with the dirt base paths. You know, I remember it was always on and they were always good. So any kid, you know, that, you know, always th dreamed of playing college baseball, Texas was there, you know. So, but, you know, I carry that, that tradition. When I walked on there, walked on the campus, so that just the tradition that you felt, the guys you saw come back that were playing professional baseball, the guys that have their names written on that wall. You see those guys walk around and, and you almost without words being said, you understand what it means to be there. And I think that's what I carry with now. Um, 
it's it, there. There's little words, but the pride that you have wearing that Longhorn or wearing Texas across your chest and the only school in the country that has burnt orange, I think that it, that thing that that means more in itself than than words can describe. So many people, and you and I have had the opportunity to surround ourselves with company who have been a part of that great program, uh, from Zeke to Moreland to Bill Bates to Roger Clemens, the Clemens brothers, yeah, I'm um, Trace Barreras. You, you can go back deeper into Moreland's era to the guys. I mean, it is a, if you think about it, a hundred plus years of tradition of winning. And you're a part of that fraternity. And you just mentioned how, and I want to say even the media part that you mentioned, it's all a part of that tradition. I mean, how do you, for me, when I was in the media, sports media, covering you and that program, you, you receive a ton of questions. But on the other side of that camera, the other side of that microphone, what was it like? I mean, I know that's an elementary question, but is it different because you're always representing that logo and and, and the history before you? I mean, you're, it, you take great pride in wearing that and wearing those colors and, and, and wearing that tee and, and the, having the long run on your on your arm. And, you know, it's you feel you not only feel important, but you feel important that you have to you have to go out there and perform. Um, you know, and, and I think that's the most like there's pressure. It is a professional environment at. The University of Texas. There's not, you know, there's the Round Rock Express, but there's no major league baseball team yeah. within three hours of Austin. So, you know, you see the football games, you got 105, 110,000 people there when they're rolling. You know, you're at the dish this past weekend, they set their the yeah. attendance record. You know, when you win, you get treated like a major league baseball player there. You get treated by the media like a major league player. You get treated like by the fans like a major league player. And you feel that you're walking into a major league clubhouse. At a, you know, at a college, which is unheard of, you know, like the the new facilities they have down the right field line, that indoor, that is, I mean, first class. They did that, you know, couldn't have done any better. But you feel pressure to win, you know, and, you know, I know we spoke a little bit, but the the media presence could do whatever they want to do with us while we're there. While you're winning, they could be, you know, on your side when you're losing. They could kind of push – push you in a way that you don't know how to respond to questions. And, you know, like I've been so thankful when, you know, my time there, the four years there, we had the ups and a crazy amount of up and downs. Um, you know, obviously freshman year, we go to Omaha with a, a very, very, very gifted team led by a, an incredible pitching staff. Um, I mean, hands down, probably, I mean, I think that would probably be the most talented team I played with while I was at Texas it would have been that 2011 team. Yeah. You know, 2012 and 2013 we had down years and here's here's my point with the media is you guys the media could have turned on us and asked us very hard questions about why we're underperforming with what we had there we didn't have much less talent than the years before but we struggled to win lost close games we couldn't win the high scoring game we couldn't win the low scoring game we didn't get in tournament and you know that's not an embarrassment, but that's just an, that's an issue when you're at the University of Texas because you're expected to go there and win every year. It's not a it's not a reload. It's a it is a repeat. It is a rinse, wash, and repeat. You are expected to go there in the fall and and win. So you guys and the the media was so good to us when we when we were struggling 
you know, flip it on the backside of the camera. You guys asked easy questions when we were struggling. And, and to this day, you know, we flipped it around for you guys because I think it makes your guys' job f- more fun. Right. When we are winning or when the people you're working with are winning and everybody's in a happy, you know, it's a happy environment. But, you know, you guys treated us well when we were struggling, when we were doing really well. Um, and obviously capped off by that Omaha trip in 2014. But, I mean, I mean, it was just a, it was a rocky road, but, I mean, all good things come from it. So, uh, you know, but you definitely feel that, that amount of, that, that sense of urgency to win and that the pride in wearing, like I said, that Texas across your chest is something a lot of people uh, don't understand what it means. And, and you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a totally different environment for everyone involved. And I think everyone involved, knows how special it is i don't think anyone takes it for granted at least i don't think so but for anyone watching this episode from other parts of texas other parts of the country um, i just want to give you a brief resume of my guy here mark payton and one thing that everybody always said about you that when you went to the plate you always found a way to get on base a 425 on base percentage that that proves that theory right there. This is your career at Texas. Marks 318 batting average. Solid. You played in 234 games. I think you were drafted three times out of high school, junior year, and then senior year. Um, You you took a gamble of losing your leverage, but you did elevate. Um, Seven home runs. You were a contact guy, a power guy, a situational guy. I mean – 122 RBIs, and this is the one I love, 36 stolen bases. Um, I didn't. I never had your speed, mm-hmm. but for guys with similar statures, when you think about those numbers and you have an outer body experience, so to speak, do you expect how, – how do you translate or describe a guy of your stature, your background, what was it? for you that made you produce so so for me it was when i walked in there on campus it was what do i have to do to get into the lineup and like i said that 2011 team so that fall of 2010 after they had just come off a really really heartbreaking loss to tcu in the super regionals was probably my hardest the hardest fall we had while i was there uh, based, you know, strength and conditioning, the amount of baseball work, just the, the amount of pressure that the staff was putting on us to compete against each yeah. other and how much it pays to win. Um, you know, your famous, you know, famous Augie quotes, the world treats winners a lot better than it treats losers. <laughs> that, I mean, that was, that, that was the truth in practices. When you won, you were treated better. When you lost, you better find a way to win tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, so for me, it was getting, obviously playing as you know, good a defense as I could. Um, knowing Texas was a, a school that played small ball. So I had to make sure when I got a chance to get a bunt down, I got it down. I did not, I did not screw it up. Um, it's something I still take pride in today. I think a lot of good things, you know, and baseball's in a really different spot right now, but I think a lot of good things happen when you get the bunts down. Um, you know, you're made, you're put, you know, you're you're putting pressure on the defense. You're making either a pitcher make a funny throw. You're making third baseman make a funny throw. Uh, you could turn it into a hit that helps your batting average. And if you get the bunt down and you're out, it turns into a sacrifice and saves your saves in that bat from you and you move a runner. So, you know, for me that was you know very very important. And, and like I said, doing the small things right. You know, not striking out. I, to this day, I still don't like striking out, even though yeah. 
<laughs> it's 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 way more okay now in today's game than it was when I was playing in college. Um, I thought it wasn't okay. I always thought, you know, put the ball in play, give yourself a chance. So I think that's where, um, you know, I'll go into the on base, whatever, you know, for whatever, 428, I think you said, or 425. Yeah. Um, what I put a lot of emphasis on during that time was one, putting the ball in play, but two, swinging at strikes. Um, kind of the way baseball is today, you see pitchers are very erratic. They throw everything with a lot of intent behind it. So they are going to be a little bit more erratic. So in college, I kind of learned what the strike zone was. Try to keep my swings in that strike zone. And then anything that was out of that strike zone where I wanted to swing, I didn't I didn't want to swing. And I think that's that's kind of where the on-base thing, you know, and, and it, that sounds like what every, oh, every hitter is trying to do that. <laughs> strikes, right? But in college, you have to basically cover almost white line to white line in the batter's box. You have a little, you have a ball or two off the plate on each side that you got to cover that are going to be called strikes every single day of the week. So if you don't learn how to hit that in my head at the time, I'm not going to hit because I'm going to always be in a two-strike count, which now pitchers can throw whatever they want for the next three pitches. Um, so I wanted to hit early in the count. And I think those were the things. So when I went in there that I had to do to show, you know, Augie and, and coach Harmon at the time yeah. and Skip Johnson and, you know, Ryan Ross, I had to show those guys that I'm going to, I'm, I'm able to do that at a, as an 18 year old freshman, um, to crack a lineup. And I, you know, when I got that opportunity, I want to take it and run with it. And I know freshman year was a very big learning experience. I remember, this is a off topic story, but I remember calling my dad. We were playing Missouri. So Missouri's still in the Big 12 my freshman year. We're playing Missouri at home. And I think at the time I finished that game, I just, I've struggled and probably went 0 for 3 with a walk, maybe. Um, I called my dad after the game. I said, Dad, I don't know if I could hit at this level. You know, because it was the first, I was hitting 250, 260. And I, he called, he goes, like, Listen, it's a learning process. You're a freshman and you're playing against guys that are, you know, and I thought it wasn't okay to hit 250, you know, and, you know, like I'm going to keep saying this, I, it's still not okay for me to hit 250 because I think I'm better than that. But it kind of put a new, like a new shade of light on it. Like, hey, you're playing every day. You're doing something right to stay in the lineup every day. It's just 30 games into the season. You're still playing. You know, you're you're doing the little things and, and, and your offense is a bonus. And then, you know, the confidence from that came, had a couple of big hits down the – you know, down the, down the road going in the playoffs. And, you know, I kind of took it and run, ran with it. And I think those things for me have played such an important part in, in what type of player I am today. I think that's a – I like what you said because uh, you were and still are somewhat of a throwback guy. And I think if any young baseball talents are watching this to adhere to what you said, you know, just, you know, take – a, a grain of salt success and being in the lineup, but allow that because it is a process. There's a lot of games. Um, I'm going to pull up a photo <laughs> and this, this one's special to me and special to a lot of people. <laughs> and because you had an opportunity to play for a legend. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Right there. Remembering Augie. That's a good one. What, what do you remember from that conversation? Because you have a, a – I mean, yeah. the man was entertaining, but he was deep. That was a uh, that was a conversation. Uh, I believe it was game three of Omaha, so we had lost game one. Right. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. That's that's going into game two. We had lost game one against UC Irvine. Game two, we were the visitors against Louisville. 
Um, so I'm pretty sure that's when his picture was. And this is before the game. He came up to me and, uh, you know, my streak had just ended. I just had a, I, I had that, that on-base streak had just ended the game before. Came to me and was like, hey, you got some weight off your shoulders now? I'm like, yeah, I feel good. I feel fine. Like, I wasn't even worried about that to this day, that that the streak is what it is. I, I'd never focused on it. And he goes, I had, a, I had a grin because he basically told me, he goes, hey, you remember when you decided to come back to school your senior year? I said, yeah. He goes, what did you tell me on the phone? I said, well, coach, we're going to go to Omaha this year. And that's, that picture is from that conversation. Wow. Wow. So that, that is a pretty, uh, that's a pretty cool picture. No, it really is. So he, he, he remembered the conversation from that previous, almost a year from before that on the phone. Uh, probably would have been a conversation in late July when, when I you know, co- called coach and was like, coach, I'm coming back to school for my senior year. Um, he remembered that phone call. Amazing. His, his mind was sharp, <laughs> always. The, the little things. I mean, everybody talks about the Zen, but is there? <laughs> do you, do you do you always have flashbacks? I'm not saying daily or weekly, but do they come up a lot? Oh yeah, flashbacks. I mean, the, whether it's you know a conversation I had with a guy I played with at Texas, or you know, you you carry that Longhorn basically with you in professional baseball outside of the baseball world, so it gets brought up, and a lot of memories get brought up. But yeah, like. You know, you remember you remember games. You remember you remember what it's like to take the field, you know, in front of seven thousand people at nineteen years old. You know, and fans in the out, you know, in right center, and then the left, you know, then the occupy left field, and you know, behind at the time they had that wall covered for them for my time while I was there. But you remember all of it. You remember getting a cut. You you get some chills every now and then about a big hit you remember or a throw you made or. You know, I definitely remember, you know, all the fall, the fall mornings where you're just getting your butt kicked and, you know, puking down the line and all that stuff. Like you, re- you do remember all of it. And it's, it's, it's very, very, it's, it's special. And, you know, I tell people all the time, I would go back and redo it in a heartbeat. And that, that says everything that I or anyone needs to know about being a Longhorn and playing in a, a tradition rich program like that. Cause there's only a, a handful. Right. Very a handful. Lucky people that get to play there. And that, you know, you really, honestly, I know you you spent some time after your last year at Texas, you, you spent some time in I, what I thought was a quick rise through the minor league system of Reds, Yankees, and then Team USA. Um, right now, with the collective bargaining agreement unknown, I mean, two sides from what I last read, I haven't spoken to anybody about it. Um, and we'll get more, we'll get deeper into it from the broad perspective. But for you mm-hmm. as a free agent, this is interesting because I don't think really people understand what it's like as a free agent because you're kind of, I don't know if this is the right word to use, hamstrung. Oh, absolutely. I got my hands tied back right now. Um, it's a, it's a really weird, you know, scenario we're in. Um, and there's still some uncertainty on which guys are in this boat, which free agents are in this boat, which free agents are not in this boat. Um, Still kind of, you know, it's a kind of a gray area, but anyways, I'm basically under this umbrella uh, that the union is covering right now. Um, So when I became a, when you're, when you become a free agent, 
um, which basically when I got taken off of the 40 man roster, um, the timing of it with the amount of service time I collected over the previous this past season uh, put me in this gray area where the union's covering me as basically a free agent. Okay. So it's like, it's like I'm still on the 40 man roster, but don't have a team. If, if that's the easiest, that would be make the most sense for people. Um, so I have all of my union rights, all of everything that the union is doing, everything that the union is fighting for, um, you know, but having my hands tied behind my back, myself, my agent, uh, we could have zero conversations with anybody in baseball. So, you know, I have, I got friends that are, you know, former hitting coaches that are pretty close in age. Um, we became friends just over the amount of time we spent with each other over, you know, parts of, you know, whether it's parts of two seasons or it was a season or a guy I had for actually four years or um, if they're still with an organization and I send them a text or whatever the case, they're not able to respond. Um, so it's kind of, it's a, it's a really weird uh, scenario we're in, but you know, the toughest part right now is kind of just sitting and, and trying to stay as ready and as motivated as possible without, without basically an end in sight or, or knowing where you're going to be. Um, I'm usually gone February 5th for yeah. whether it's, you know, whether it's going to minor league spring training and just kind of working out the complex until minor league camp starts usually early March. And then if you're a big league camp, you're, you know, you're basically starting February 16th as a team getting ready for a game on February 25th. And so I'm out there early February and uh, just kind of right now with how things are, I'm just sitting here kind of waiting, playing a waiting game for this thing to get signed. And then obviously uh, go through some negotiations with different, you know, hopefully multiple different teams. So yeah. I can get a, you know, I get a choice in where I end up and uh, you know, whatever opportunity becomes available for me, I hope it's the right fit. And uh you know, a team that, that, that truly believes in me and, you know, is going to give me a shot to play in the big leagues and, and a real shot. That That's so – it's hard to understand because basically what you're saying is that for common folks that who aren't in professional baseball, you don't really – you can't – you have no opportunity to receive a paycheck to be compensated until this thing is negotiated. Uh, in segment two – I want to. We'll pick your brain and go a little deeper about the overall health of the game. During, I mean, this isn't the first lockout, but this is unique in itself. Now, you mentioned trying to stay active, and I, I, we had you and I were texting back and forth, and I, oh my god, I literally laughed out loud because being a Texas guy, we don't know a lot about playing pond hockey, but that's a thing. Oh yeah, you. and so, and you mentioned it's a little too warm to do it currently or when we were doing this podcast this week right. um is that like a, a pastime for illinois boys yeah so i mean you know it's it's actually what it's fun man it's 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 a blast and obviously you got to be safe and you got to make sure that the uh you know the, you got hey one you have good ice and the ice is deep enough um two you got to make you know you got to clear the snow off of it um you know and three obviously you got to be under freezing temperatures so anybody basically that's in the north you know, you're kind of hoping I, I might say this wrong for, you know, you want to make, make sure you're safe. So seven, eight inches on the pond before you get out there. Um, you know, and I've skated on some rivers in Canada and, you know, it's a, it, it's so much fun. Um, like I said, you take this, once you get the safety factor out of it, um, you know, it takes, so basically what will happen is, is the pond freezes. 
once you get seven, eight inches, you know, usually up here, there's usually some snow on there. Um, so you're shoveling the snow, you know, that, that'll take, you know, depending on how big of a sheet that you want to, yeah. you know, you be able to skate on if you have some friends and, you know, you want to play a game, you need to, you're going to spend an hour basically just shoveling it and getting it ready and making sure it's smooth because, um, snow on top of ice, I'm not a scientist or whatever this would be basically <laughs> the way that the way that the blade on your skates, you know, it's basically a quarter of an inch, uh, piece of steel, you know, is basically standing on the ice. You don't want that to dive. You don't, you don't want to turn in that and then your blade go into the ice. You kind of want to just stay on, on top of the ice, just like you watch in a normal hockey game. Um, so you got to spend some, make some time to make sure that the ice is good, but then you're, once you're out there and you have it, you have it, you know, you're breathing in cold air, you feel good. So, you know, what's been nice this year is the guys I've been working out with up here actually have a, a decent background in hockey. They either played as a kid or they, you know, they skate around with their friends every now and then. But so we, you know, we would go get our work in and right next to where we do our workouts, there's three little retention ponds, which are actually perfect for pond hockey because there's not much water in there. So it freezes way faster. So... <laughs> So, you know, we'd go get our workouts in, we would hit, we'd lift, we'd run, we'd throw, we'd do all that. And then we would put on our warm gear. We'd put on an extra pair of tights, put on a, a thermal and a hoodie and a hockey jersey and go, you know, we'd go play a game. We'd go play three on three or we'd go play, you know, we would just play a shooting game or whatever the case. But, yeah, I mean, it's fun. And then, you know, we kind of use it as a cardio at the, on top of it. So, you're, you know, you're like I said, you're breathing in cold air. It's, you know, you watch, you know, hockey players, their normal shifts are, you know, 30 to 45 seconds yeah. by design because – after going all out for 30, 45 seconds, you're out of breath. Um, you know, but it's fun, man. We just go out there. We, we have a good time. We make sure we're safe. Um, you know, luckily nobody got hurt this, this off season or no, no stitches or no, no big checks, you know, but, uh, you know, it's a blast, man. We, we go out there as much as we can. Um, and like you said, obviously, you know, we're on this right now. It's a little too warm out for the ice and, uh, maybe it'll freeze back up over the weekend. Who knows? I, I, where you are, I think there is no doubt that you're going to have so. a deep enough freeze. And I'm going to go on record here. I have added that to my bucket list. Have to. You, you, you have my word. I got it. So next off season, my goal is to go visit you in Illinois. Come on. And take part. And uh, you know, I may be 48. No, that's good. I, I can take some some checks. There you go. You know, or deliver. I just got to. <laughs> I got to learn how to do it. I mean, you know we. You know, like you said, it, it seems like it'd be a amazing, amazing uh, cardio workout. It's, I mean, it's good. My buddy, uh, one of the guys we work out with, I don't wear one, but he wears a whoop band. And I remember we played a three-on-three -three little scrimmage just for 20 minutes when, you know, we got bored of just shooting and stuff. So we're like, you know what, let's play, you know, three-on-three. -three. So we played his, like, his heart rate for 20 straight minutes was beating at, like, 160 to 180. Oh, I mean, you know, and he wasn't skating hard the entire 20 minutes. You can't skate hard for the entire 20 minutes. You would you would puke. You would pass out. So, like, 10 seconds at a time, you're going hard, and then you kind of back off for 40 seconds and then kind of go hard 10 seconds. But, yeah, his heart rate was just crazy high, you know. But, I mean, it's great. We, You know, we, we had an absolute blast doing it this year. We have a new sponsor, Manscaped.com, and it's gone all over the country. It's viral. Um, and it's one of the reasons it's sponsors like this that allow these types of interviews to be produced weekly and, and, and the quality of them and have guys like Mark Payton on. Um, so I produced a, a small segment to give tribute to manscape.com. They sent this, their newest package that they're trying to market. 
It is. It just it takes care of everything that us as men need to take care of. So this is what I've got to show you right here. And so we're going to call we call this segment manscaping in the man cave. All right. Yeah, we're covering about every topic imaginable here at Man Stories Inside the Man Cave, including manscaping. Manscaped.com is so popular that they have their own periodical, a newspaper. In their top headline, We Say Balls, is pretty popular nowadays. And, you know, they really attracted me so much so that I, I love the products. And they sent me this entire package I'm going to show you. Well, the premier products of this box I just showed you, the Performance Package 4.0, this bad boy, the Lawnmower 4.0. Take a listen. That is the sound of absolutely tremendous manscaping in the man cave. So today, as you're watching this episode, I encourage you to jump on to manscaped.com and look for the performance package 4.0 you'll get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer it is smooth and you just feel like a piece of silk afterwards and you feel clean personally i mean let me show you what i love the most right here the ball deodorant i know the light's a little bright here but the ball deodorant it smells like sweet mahogany and pheromones. That's good. That's, <laughs> That's good. Never, never thought I'd see the day that I'd be in a in a podcast room in a man cave with Mark Payton talking That's about manscaping our balls. You had the you had the locker room in there too, which is perfect. Oh, that that you know. That, that is perfect. typical locker room talk. That was perfect. That really is. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Mark Payton, if you or any of your family or your boys or your teammates, the ones you can talk to right now because of the collective bargaining agreement or anybody, manscaped.com, and, but use this promo code MANCAVE20 for right. 20% off. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, I, I think the women in our lives will appreciate it, too. <laughs> <laughs> So this is uh, we're one of the best parts of, I know we're 118 episodes in. Uh, you can imagine some of the man cave stories that have been told. And I know you're a great storyteller. You've had some phenomenal experiences. A lot of people that uh, followed your career here. You were one of the everyone's favorites to watch during your era. But the man cave story sponsored by Jim Saxton State Farm Insurance and Austin OG, Westlake OG, uh, a Longhorn Legacy. Um, you'll hear more about them in the middle break, but uh, log on to SaxtonInsurance.com. So with that, Mark Payton, is there a specific, I don't know, it could be baseball related, man cave story that you love telling all the time that it never gets old. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, it lines up perfect. I got a good one for this. This lines up. <laughs> so we, uh, every year uh, before the season, whether it's, two weeks or three weeks before the season. It's, it kind of, it, it's usually the weekend, whichever weekend they did the alumni game. Yeah. Uh, it's the weekend before that, because it usually goes 
we would do a team dinner and then it'd be alumni weekend and then it would be weekend before opening weekend. So we wanted to be, you know, pretty locked in. So we would always go to a team dinner um, set up by the seniors, older classmen, upperclassmen, whoever, whoever the cap, you know, whatever, somebody would always set it up. So anyways, my senior year, okay, we were at County Line and we, everything was going great. We were having, you know, you order whatever, um, no drinking, just, you know, because we were representing Texas baseball. But we had a mishap. And we know how, like, you guys in Texas, the guys like to get their jeans starched, right? Well, anyways, we had a pair of jeans that got ripped as you sat down. So we're there at County Line for two and a half hours. This kid's got a pair of ripped jeans. I'm not going to say any names. But everybody knows what's going on. <laughs> and we're laughing. And, like, he can't get up. <laughs> he can't get up because the rip just got so bad. <laughs> so it kind of went perfect with landscape. You know, so anyways, we, we, get, we get out of there. We, all right, we get out. We finally find a way out. Everybody pays. Nothing goes on. But anyways, we get to the field the next day. Okay, luckily, like I said, this is why we don't do it the weekend before. We get to the park. So it was a Friday and we get there. We're supposed to scrimmage on Saturday. Yeah. You know, we're starting to get our pitching lined up for the weekends. We get to the park Saturday and we're going out for stretch. You know, everybody's got their clothes on. We do our early hitting, everything. We walk out to the field and, you know, as we're walking out, Drew Bishop is telling everyone to go back to the clubhouse. So we're like, what? There's, we're all telling each other, like, there's no way they found out about what happened. There's no way. Well, anyways, we get in there, we get back in there, and, and Augie and is just waiting for us. And he tells us, hey, guys, take off your baseball clothes, take off your spikes, take off your baseball pants, take off your, your, your jerseys. Everybody put on their shorts, get your running shoes, put on a shirt, get your jersey off. And it, this was this is what's so cool about Texas is like, you know, we knew something wrong had happened. And he was, you know, the way that the staff took it was is they were a little bit just more upset that we didn't come to them and say, hey, we had, you know, an incident happen, nothing crazy. But like when they found out a pair of jeans ripped and, you know, whether a scene was made or a scene was not made about it, just, you know, we obviously just didn't go about it the, the right. most professional way. So we paid for it for the next, we didn't scrimmage. We just paid for it. We just ran yeah. uh, until the whole truth came out. But anyways, that's one of my favorite go-to stories. Um, you know, and it just happened to line up perfectly that this thing is uh, sponsored by Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. Oh, I, I have, I was in Oklahoma City. A high school football playoff game on the field. I was wearing khakis. I squat. I just take a knee. It's during the timeout. The back of my khakis ripped. Oh, oh my god! And I'm looking around. I had to take my jacket off, put it around like a skirt. Well, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, hey, everybody, you know, like coming from Chicago, that's not really a thing up here, right? right. You guys have different boot cut jeans. It's the, the styles are different. 
you know, they're getting a little closer now. I think people up here are starting to want to dress like Southerners, even though it's <laughs> freezing. But like, you know, I think the starch looked great. I think the starch jeans look great, but I've heard way too many horror stories at the wrong time. <laughs> like, just wrong place, wrong time. But I think they, I think it's a good look. I don't know. I mean, it's too tight. That's hey. Hey, things are constricted. <laughs> <laughs> My man, Mark Payton, we're going to take a break and we're going to talk more baseball and about your guys, the current Longhorns. Hell yeah. They had a hell of a first weekend. Oh man, they looked. Uh, I watched every inning of every game, and that was a that was a pretty special week. The, the the whole finished product for the whole weekend was just so impressive, and you know I'm looking forward to seeing. You know, obviously they're playing today, but oh. uh, seeing what they do this upcoming weekend, and you know how the rest of the season plays out. Oh my God, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. I, I'm afraid, not afraid. I'm glad. Uh, but uh, this is is pretty phenomenal. We're going to take a quick break, take a swig of a beverage, water for me. I didn't yeah. prepare. <laughs> and this is trying to stay hydrated. Absolutely. Segment two with the Mark Payton is on the way. For all of your insurance needs, look no further than our primary sponsor, Jim Saxton State Farm Insurance Agency. The ATX OG has been insuring Austin for over three decades. And get this, Jim Saxton is a Longhorn legacy. He is the son of the late, great James Saxton, who was a Heisman finalist. Be sure to give him a call or better yet, visit his website, saxtoninsurance.com and tell him that the stories inside the Man Cave Boys recommended you. Unbelievable, Mark Payton. That kid from El Paso. I, I would love, first and foremost, your opinion on him. I mean, you, you. I think he, I think he arrived not long after your senior year. Yeah, I mean, I uh, in this past alumni game, I got my first couple of hits as a Texas X. Oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> and again, I had to, uh, you know, I finally got to first base in an alumni game for the first time in a long time. But I got, I got to talk to him. Uh, for a little bit I mean what an outstanding kid and yeah I tried to you know in the quick two-minute conversation uh, you know I got to you know pick his brain on like where is this you know like what have you tapped into yeah you know what have you done and you know he he's very confident and like this is who he is he's not this isn't something new he's done this and you know he had COVID year where it got short he had you know he did it in high school and obviously you saw what he did last year yeah. I mean but but to go and hit a ball 451 feet in one at bat, and then the, the next at bat hit a ball 447 <laughs> feet is you don't even see, you don't see big leaguers doing that. No. So what he's got going on, and and he he got pitched tough. 
he was pitched backwards. He was he saw two old breaking balls. He saw three one changeups. He saw he saw one zero cutters. And I know that's going to be a little different for him this year. But I mean, you saw the adjustment he made by Sunday. It took two games, and you saw the adjustment. And he's going to be ready to hit those things because I think in college baseball, guys, pitchers are still learning how to spin the ball tight enough that has you know looks like a fastball. You still got a little pop in there, and I think. Yeah. When he masters seeing that quick little pop out of the hand, he's going to be all over those. It's it, it's it's amazing to me too because he you know he's used to the DH role, mm-hmm. and now to be pushed into earning you know and claiming the first base opportunity in the lineup, I think it's I mean he didn't and he played pretty well at first base. I think. I think it's going to help his offensive game. Really, um, I think DHing is that it. As part of the, the the offensive game, I think being the DH is the toughest piece in that lineup um, because you're not in the rhythm of the game. No matter what you do, no matter the amount of swings you take in the cage in between at bats, you're just not in the flow. You're not moving. You're not running. You're not you're not activated for every pitch while you're on defense. I think it's a that's a very very tough thing. So I think this him going to first base may unlock even some more offensive potential, and I hope it does. I think it's just DHing is a very very tough thing. I didn't think about it that way. Being in the flow of the game and you're only in the game when it's your opportunity at bat. Um, Episode 118 here with Mark Payton. Segment two is brought to you by farmhousedelivery.com. Austin-based company which sources organic produce and Texas-grown meats from ranches and farms across the great state. Um, If you go to farmhousedelivery.com, fill your cart up, uh, and it's not just produce and meat. They have gift packages. And once you go to your cart and you're ready to purchase and, and hit send or buy or whatnot purchase, be sure to use a promo code MANCAVE for 20% uh, off your first order. Um, as we, Mark, as we talk about Texas overall, uh, the Hispanic Titanic, just a, one of the significant pieces. Uh, are you with me in thinking that from top to bottom of this lineup and even the pitching staff and the bullpen. I know the bullpen is always a work in progress, regardless of who you have coming back. Right. But those closers and the middle relievers with that lineup, what are you seeing with this Horns team? I mean, that that was a special weekend. And I, I know Rice is a very historically good program. And, and I know they've had some head coaching changes over right. multiple head coaching changes over the last couple of years. And um, obviously it's weekend one, but, you know, watching Texas play the way they played, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, they they took, like I said, they, they took their walks. I mean, they, they got walked a ton. They hit the ball in the gaps and over the fence. They were moving runners. They swung at strikes for the most part. Um, that was so impressive. They, they took a very professional approach. I didn't see many bad swings. I think that a lot they were swinging to do damage on the ball, which you don't see a lot in college baseball. Yeah. Um, that was really cool, and I think that's a testament to what their staff is is teaching there, and and how they're they're trying to be very pro about their at bats instead of just saying, "Hey, man, it's okay to just try to put the barrel on the ball." I think they're trying to do damage with their barrel. I think those two things are are get lost a lot. Where it's it's okay to hit the ball on the barrel, yeah, that's great, but did you damage the baseball or is it a ground ball to the second baseman? Right. There's a big there's a big difference. And I think they're they're really they grasp that concept. And when I was down there for alumni weekend, I kind of 
kind of caught that vibe and, and, and the way they were doing their work and their, and their routines. And, you know, but then, you know, you watch their pitchers, their pitchers attacked early. They, they threw strikes. I think Pete Hansen literally started the year with eight straight strikes, you know, and, and, you know, Tanner did the same thing on Sunday and, you know, my Missouri guy did it on Saturday, you know, it's, uh, you know, I got a chance to talk to him on, you know, during the alumni weekend and it's a special family. Um, you know, I'm just very, very happy with how they started and, and their bullpen was, I mean, they, they got to use Aaron Nixon in a, in a run game. I mean, that's, that's crazy. And they got guys pumping 97 and 96 and 95. It was just one guy after the next, do your job, do your job, do your job. And it didn't matter the score. They didn't back off. They just kept going. It wasn't yeah. like, and they weren't taking extra bases. They, they just played the game. It just looked like a professional game. And it I was so, as you know, a guy that follows the program and, and that wants to stay connected and, and wants to be a part of the program again. It's, I was, that was, yeah, that was fun to watch. It, it, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's 36 to three cumulative, the three games against Rice, Jose Cruz Jr. Obviously, big name. He'll he'll turn that program around. There's oh, no yeah. doubt in my mind. Um, he'll yeah. he'll get that back the way Wayne Graham had it in the heyday. Oh yeah. Um, you know how a long season. I mean, you can't have success unless you face some adversity. Mm-hmm. What is this? I mean, I I think this team is equipped to handle adversity because there will be a a string of losses at some point. I don't know if many will happen. Right, but. What is it about this team that you think that they have up here that they can handle that adverse adversity that will happen at some point? Oh, I think that they got kicked. They got kicked hard last year when they lost that game in the national semifinals. Yeah. And I think they have really good leaders. And, you know, like I said, my Missouri guy that, you know, Tristan Stevens, they're sad. Right. And, and I got a chance to talk to them. They have this really, they have the self-confidence about, each other and that if one guy doesn't get the job done the next guy will and they truly believe that and you know obviously they played with a crazy crazy amount of swagger this weekend and everything went right and you know these guys I think understand at a young age things are going to go bad they they will like you said they're at some point it, it may be one game where they just play terrible and not or or, or maybe a game where just nothing goes their way and they can't do anything about it. Or it may be a six game. It may be back-to-back weekends. They may have two tough back-to-back weekends that they just can't get anything going. They, I think they believe that no matter how bad things get, they're going to get out of it. And they know how good and how special of a team that is. And I think that's in college. I think that's what's so important because it's such a team environment and you're around each other all the time you don't get you never get away from your teammates and you know it becomes a family and i think these guys really have bought into like okay when it goes bad how can we get how what's the quickest way to get back on the road because it's going to go bad but i think as long as they you know they got to stick together they got to stick together right and it's easier said than done but um like I said, when they got kicked last year and they lost that game, mm-hmm. and it was it, it was heartbreak. You know, it was heartbreaking as a as a former player to watch because you remember that feel. Like I remember that feeling. It's not funny. You wish you have another. You wish you have another shot at it. And these guys actually do have another shot. They only lost a handful of players. You know, I feel terrible for the seniors that don't get another crack or the guys that sign that don't get another crack at this thing. But their core group of leaders is back, and they know what it felt like. They know they know what a down year feels like. They know what a good year feels like. And I think 
they put it together and they just ride with each other. It's going to be a very, very special year to be a Texas baseball fan. You, you know, you mentioned a couple of times uh, Texas prepared you for your pro baseball career. And right now is a very awkward moment for you. We, we mentioned in the first segment, you're just playing the waiting game. And I hate to be, I know it sounds overly dramatic, as you see, is the MLB season in jeopardy. But from your vantage point, from what you know, what you can actually say, how far apart are the two sides the, uh, on the collective bargain agreement? Because I, you and I talked off, off before this episode. No CBA is the same as a previous one or any other years because Correct. The two sides want two different things. Right. Right. So, I, I mean, obviously you have, you know, you have owners and, and, and players, right? And each want changes to the game. Each wants more money, less money, yeah. different rules in the game, the shifts, the all sorts of things, right? So the CBA is negotiating everything from anything you can think that happens in a nine inning baseball game or an extra inning baseball game for that matter, right? They changed that rule back. Yeah. You know, they got rid of the guy on second base, I'm pretty sure. You know, so they did that for two years, and I think they're getting rid of that. And, they, you know, they're implementing the DH in both leagues, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, I know they're they're off on their on, on some money, um, which is, is dangerous, I, I guess, for all players and owners involved, right? Because as soon as their opening day is missed, it's money lost on both sides. Yeah. Uh, a lot of money lost. Um, you know, being on the outside a little bit, we don't get much more than than what's posted on the internet because they don't want anything getting leaked or anything you know using against each other in negotiations. And um, I feel pretty confident that they're going to figure this out soon. I, I know they're meeting every day right now. Um, I'm hoping that those are that those are going to go smoothly. And you know, you know, we've already lost a week of spring training games. Um, they've already delayed it a week, so. You know, hopefully not much more. We get we get a true a true spring training. Uh, you know, we lost it in COVID year. We lost we had a, a two week spring training that year, and then we had a, a a COVID summer camp that was only you know you basically just played against each other for a month, which that's tough to get ready for a season. I think that's why you saw a lot of injuries. I think that's yeah. why you saw a lot of uh, of poor performances across the board, just because it's a different animal when you're playing against your own team compared to, I mean, any, anybody that's listening to the show can, can attest to that where you just, it's, it's a different, it's a different animal. When you have a different team, a different Jersey on the other side of the field, it's different than seeing your, you know, your teammate on the mound or your teammate in the box or your teammate standing on second. It's just different. And, um, you know, I'm hoping we get a real spring training at some point. I'm not sure, uh, when that's going to happen. I'm hoping sooner than later, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of free agents out there that, that are you know just waiting for an opportunity to get a chance to negotiate and get out of here and go play, um, you know spring training games. We you know we hopefully there's a scenario where a lot of guys may sign. I'm sure organizations won't do it, but you know minor league baseball may start their regular season, and there yeah. may be free agents that don't get a spring training that have to go basically playing games that count. I'm sure that wow. team. Well, I'm sure that teams will will kind of build them up and build their body ready, but there's nothing like a you know 28 game spring training to get you ready for a season. You're not going to get that at this point. So I think that's the biggest, um, you know, my biggest thing is like you know I need I would like to get 35, 40 at bats before the numbers really count under my belt, so I can feel comfortable. My body's up to speed and my legs are good in the outfield. I feel like I could steal a base or steal a hit from somebody. Um, I guess we'll just kind of see how this thing plays out. Hopefully sooner than later, though. 
I mean, do you? I mean, so I'm good friends with you know with the Round Rock Express front office, uh, Reed Ryan and, and Chris Almendaris. So you know, this is going to benefit, I think, uh, the minor leagues because that's they're different now because you know there's just a different setup for the MILB. Right. Um, Pacific Coast. It's just I think it's it's no longer Pacific Coast League. Right. It's just it's just Triple A West and Triple A East. Yep. There. Okay. There it is. That clears that up. So let's say, and they're going to have more home games, more games this year. Correct. Um, so do you have to be projected to be on the 40-man roster, or how do, how do you get the pass to go play minor league baseball if something were to – you get a call tomorrow? Right. Well, I, I mean, that would the CBA would have to be signed on for me to okay. get – Okay. Uh, first off, because I'm in that – like I said, I'm in this area where I can have no negotiations. They can't call me. I can't call them type of – until this thing is the lockout is lifted. Okay. Um, so basically what, what's going on right now is anybody that is on a 40 man roster. Okay. Or that is under this covered list, like the same scenario I am in will not be able to play minor league games at all until this, the, the lockout or CBA is signed on. So you will have like, there are guys right now at spring training sites um, that are not on the 40 man and not are covered by uh, – not under this covered list of, mm-hmm. of players that the union and the owners put together. Um, so those guys are actually starting to get to work now, and then I, I believe the rest of minor league camps open up on March 4th. Mm-hmm. So they're close. I mean, we're a week away basically, you know, almost two, you know, a week and 10 days away from, you know, everybody that is not affiliated with the Major League Baseball Players Union or the owners – are, are basically going to be starting to get going. But, yeah, those guys will be eligible to go play AAA games, AA games, single-A games um, until the lockout's lifted. And then once the lockout's lifted, I'm sure a lot of transactions within organizations will be happening. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of moving parts for Crazy. sure. Hey, Ben, tell me something good. Tell me something good. This is how we usually end all these segments. Mark Payton is sponsored by Kevin Hutchison, Realty Austin. He is uh, one of the humblest laid-back dudes who knows Austin Realty, been in it for over two decades, and now he's added the San Antonio market. So look up Kevin Hutchison, Realty Austin in this hot real estate market. I know homes are hard to find for everyone's budget, uh, but he's your guy. But Mark Payton, man, I, I, I always love listening to your stories. But is there anything in particular? It could be this, that, man, we are close to bringing back Major League Baseball, regardless of this CBA disagreement. But tell me something good going on in your world. Man, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously just getting ready for the season. I think I've put together a really, really good offseason. Um, learning something. I'm still learning new things to take care of my body and make sure that everything's working properly. And, you know, there's the amount of new technology out there that, that can give you – you know, readings instantly, I think is, yeah. is great for the game. And I finally dove into it this year and uh, started learning some things that I never learned. And I think, you know, if young kids are listening to this or families are listening to this, I, I would, I would highly recommend diving into uh, the science behind the game of baseball. And I think that as somebody who teaches the game, who, who loves being around the game, who talks about the game with teammates, former teammates, we can now, there's 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 stuff out there that the feels we have while we're playing, you could match it up with a, a number 
right? So you can, you can be more consistent, you know, on the days you're not feeling right or something doesn't feel right. You can go look at, you can go look at your bat path or your bat speed or your hand speed or your force plate, you know, your force in the ground, all this stuff I think is, uh, is so, so important, you know, to the game of baseball and it's going to make it even better. But I think, you know, you, as a player though, you, you want to invest this time in yourself number one, without, without that taking over your world, right? You still got to be a good teammate. You have to be a good person off the field. You have to do all these right things, right? Be a good person in community, do these, everything. But when you have this time to yourself, I think it's so important that we just, we invested into ourselves, what we're putting, what we're putting in our bodies, what we're, you know, what our sleeping habits are like, what we're, you know, like I said, how you can match, basically how you feel and then you can give yourself a reason why you feel this way right and then diving into the game of baseball it's okay today i feel great what are my numbers okay th- my numbers are great because of this okay there's so much we can do now in in the game that that has just absolutely changed this and i, I would i would highly recommend anybody listening to the show to to do some research and and find what you can do in in the austin area or around the country that that's going to help your son, help your daughter. Um, and in any, in any sport, there's just, I would, I would highly recommend, you know, how we can, you know, match up feelings and, and numbers. And, um, I think that's my, that's my tell me something good, man. That's, <laughs> that's a good one. But that's off perfect. Topic, I went off topic a little bit, but it's something no I'm passionate about. And, um, you know, I, I just, you know, I like, I, I want the next generation. I want the guys that I coach hopefully in the future in college to, to be able to, understand what I'm talking about, but it's tough. It's tough to understand what you're talking about unless the kid has felt it before. Right. Now we can match up a feel with a number that we can talk about and, and, and grow from. And um, yeah, man, no, like I said, though, nobody's, nobody's supposed to be in the big leagues. You're, you get there because you, you know, you work and work and work and um, there's some luck involved and, and everything, but everybody in every, in every business, uh, venture man you just work and work and work until you reach your point that that you can't anymore and you know that's either good enough for you you go find something that's even better than that and uh you know that's that's what i got for you though that's no mar that's perfect you know honestly that's sage advice because this younger generation needs to hear that and and i'll endorse you not because you're on this episode i've never seen a guy and I know you don't want praise. You do, you're not looking for it because I th- I forgot who put it out there. Um, Joe Burrow, don't work in silence. That's it, man. That's that's like the be- best thing. There was a uh, I forget. There was also a running back too that kind of along the same lines. Has uh, he had a reporter after they came asked him like, Hey, man, why are you not very active on social media on Instagram? Like, why are you not posting what you're doing? He goes, Man, you never see a Ferrari commercial. <laughs> that's the truth. And you don't. And I think that's right around the, you know, Joey Burrow, man. That's like what he was able to do with a Cincinnati team that won three games last year, man. Is so it's so cool that, you know, what leadership in this world can what you know can accomplish. Well, you definitely have worked, and I want people to know that it doesn't matter your size. It has a lot to do with your heart. It has to do with your true commitment to work at your craft and to always have that positive, positive attitude. And that's what you were the entire time that we crossed paths while you were at the University of Texas. And there are, you don't, I'm sure you're not aware, but there are people following that same pattern. 
I'm not going to, I mean, that's, that's cool. I, I want that, you know, and I want the next guy that does that. I want him to impact the next little kid or, or the next, you know, set of parents that says, Hey man, I want the next guy to be like, you know, Joey Burrow or whoever, yeah. you know, whoever that next generation is, man, that's, that's, you just want it to, to, to tree branch effect all the way down to the ground until, you know, this, until it is what it is, but you just want to keep impacting people on positive lights. That's, that's the deal because right now, especially, we need more positivity and quit tearing people down. And then, uh, you know, I'm tired of that part. Well, brother, man, I have enjoyed it. I can't believe it's been an hour. It's crazy. I, thought, I know I told you 30, 45 oh, minutes. Awesome. Man. I had a blast, man. You guys, you, you were, you were such a uh, huge part of, you know, my career at Texas. And like I said, with the, you know, the media that had there such a professional environment, it, it made my time easy. It made it enjoyable. Even, even when we were struggling, I'm glad you guys stuck with us and I'm glad you had me on the show. Well, you got a fan for life right here. No doubt. No Thanks. doubt. Mark Payton. And for the OG man, K boys, that being big Mike, last stand hats, uh, Arbol <laughs> Harge and coach Mo. And now stories inside the man cave alumni, Mark Payton. We are out. You see the drippy, I'm fitted up. Hop in my car and a giddy up.